Thanks for listening to this OCRFM podcast. Head to ocrfm.org.au to find more great content and information about how to donate and support this community radio station. Good morning and welcome to Community Connect with Edwina and Greg McHenry on OCRFM 98.3 here in Colac and 88.7 FM along the coast. We were also streaming live at all the W's ocrfm.org.au. I'd like to acknowledge the Wadawurrung people who are the traditional owners of the land we're recording on today and pay my respects to their elders, both past and present. I'd also like to acknowledge the any First Nations who may be listening. Eddie, we're still on isolation, still getting it all organised via Zoom again, and we've got one of our mates from, well, she was here last year. It seems a long time ago, but it wasn't all that long ago promoting. No, it wasn't. It wasn't that long ago. Was it? We were promoting, and the, the voice we just heard is the voice of Colex own McGrath breast care nurse, Michelle Hamblin. We were promoting the pink, pinking up Colex and heading towards the pinking games at cricket and everything else. And, of course, COVID made a muck up of that, but how did it go anyway? Uh, well, it went, it went absolutely amazing. I mean, they raised, they raised um, so, like, a, the target was blown out of the water. They raised hundreds of, oh, a couple of million, I think. I can't even remember the total now. It was just absolutely amazing. And what they did this time was um, because, um, because of the restrictions with COVID and attendance at the cricket, um, they came up with this virtual seat arrangement and it was... Um, it was all um, twenty dollars a seat, so you went in and booked on booked online, paid your twenty dollars, and you got a virtual seat at the cricket. And uh, and that was one of the best things that that happened out of um, out of COVID and fundraising. I think it worked really really well. People felt comfortable doing that. They still wanted to participate, and um, I think a lot more people decided to participate. And uh, I think it was a very very responsible thing of the McGrath Foundation to do to still encourage participation at the cricket because the pink test is one of the major fundraising activities for the McGrath Foundation for the year. Um, and also um, be able to be able to do that fundraising because it's been quite difficult for all the charities um, over the last 12 months to do the fundraising. So initiatives all over the place have, um, have been have been developed to try and keep that fundraising going because they're not got it getting the people to people or activity event contacts as they um, as they have in the past. I think that's great connection, isn't it? And in safety and people have been coming up with very creative ideas of how to stay connected. Fabulous. Yeah, and and that's um and that's the thing. Like a lot of um a lot of um, charitable and non for profit organisations really uh, they really value and need the um, fundraising to to keep up the services. And uh, I mean the McGrath Foundation is a is a prime example. Like the um, the fundraising goes towards supporting and putting breast care nurses across Australia. 
So, uh, yeah, so it's definitely, definitely needed and to continue the, um, continue the current positions that are out there as well. So, yeah, so it's, um, it's amazing the response that, uh, that we got this year. So I'm very, very proud of, um, of the initiative that they did as well. So I think that I'm not sure, but I think it was well over a couple of million over their target. I think it was around five million or something, but I will get yeah, that. Yeah, it was. It was quite a few million. I think their target initially, I think they were hoping to get one million. And you're right, it was, um, yeah, it was over five million. So, um, yeah. yeah, so that's definitely exceeded the um, their expectations and also means that more McGrath nurses will be supported on the, on the ground. Well, and there are about 400 of you around the country, aren't there? Because of it as well. Uh, no, no, not 400. That would be a fantastic time. How many is it? How many are there then? There's, um, there's over 150 now and uh, and count and and climbing more and more positions are being created all over the um, all over the country so yeah it's um yeah it's going to be fan fantastic. All right, now one of the main reasons, not just for the work you're doing with breast care, is we've got you here today because, well, on Monday, the uh, Breast Screen Victoria van, I think it's Marjorie is the one that arrived. Marjorie's here, yes. And Marjorie has arrived <laughs> and Marjorie is, if I'll get this right, Marjorie's at the City Bowls Club Central Reserve from Monday 8am until 5.40pm and she's been there since, well, Tuesday. Oh, no, yesterday Monday. they started, yeah. And she's yeah. going to be there until at least the 19th of March, which is a fair, yes. it's a fair time. Now, from what I've understood, now we've, we've, we've got to let it out to our listeners that we're going to be playing a recording we've made already after we've chatted with you. We've made a recording with Terry Smith, who's the CEO of Breast Green Victoria, uh, prior to talking to you, Michelle. And she's given us a bit of the drum as to what's going on. But I understand you've got data already as to how it's going with bookings and everything else and how the response has been from our beautiful people out there in Colac. Yeah, oh, I, I'm, I'm absolutely blown away at the moment. So, um, well... It took me, um, the, this is the second time the, the bus has been here in Colac. So um, they were here in February 2019. And uh, it took me a few years before that to actually get the bus down here. I was trying to convince them to, um, to bring the bus to Colac because I knew that there were a lot of women who weren't going and having their screening because of the um, the ability for them to get to Geelong. Uh, it was um, taking a lot of time out of their day. They not only have to um, take time off to go down or arrange someone else to take them down there. It was um, the, um, the time, parking, um, the extra dollars that it take to get down there for their screening. And, uh, and also for a lot of the older um, the older population, the ability to get transport to go down. And um, I mean, it's, it's not an easy trip if you go down on the train to get up to um, the clinic and uh, also trying to arrange some other family member or friend to take the day off to take you down for the screening. 
so um, I um, yeah I, I just kept on persisting and uh, and finally they agreed to uh, have the van here a couple of years ago and they came for two weeks and originally they um, they said to me oh if we get if we get 180 women um, come to breast screen we'll be um, we'll be really pleased with that result for the two weeks uh, and I did a huge media, social media, radio blitz, and we had 357 women come in that two weeks to get screened. So they were blown away by that and they had to extend the hours of the days. They ran a weekend session as well just to try and um, fit everyone in. Um, because of because of that, uh, the last the last day of the screening that two um, that two years ago, I went up there and had a discussion with the um, with the radiographer about uh, how they could go about extending the time that the bus is here for next time, which is currently what it's doing. Mm. And uh, they were going to um, they were just going to do it for four weeks. But uh, towards the end of last year, I think it was October, November, they actually let me know that they were going to be here for six weeks. So to date, they're still taking bookings for the last week of the breast screen bus. And, uh, and to date, there are um, over 400 and no, nearly five, nearly five hundred, nearly five hundred women have booked in, so um, which is absolutely amazing, considering um, considering the fact that um, it's a little bit different with COVID restrictions as well. Um, the timing of each um, each women, like there, but there has to be a little bit of an extra gap in between each person um, to make sure that they do social distancing with appointments and all that sort of stuff as well. So uh, to have over 500 by by the end of the day, probably I've got a few other people who've already ringed up and booking in today. Um, it's a tremendous response. So I'm really proud of the Colac community um, and the district for doing that. Oh, I think Colac could be very proud of you. Well done. That's fantastic. Oh, it was, it's just something very, very important to me to make sure that the district, including a polar bay and lawn and, and like regional area, re, little regional communities around Colac as well in our shire are supported with these sort of, um, yeah, with these sort of services and be, um, to have, um, to have it set up here rather than, um, I mean, I know a few people have said, "Well, why can't we? Why can't we set it up in a polar bay or somewhere like that?" Well, the um, the actual um, infrastructure that needs to go into supporting the bus, um, they have to have they have to have the ability to access. Um, other services and, and power and all that sort of like a few different things that they and the room that they need to have it in and also to maximise the amount of uh, women that are screened while the bus is there. So that's why Cole, that's why Colac was such a good a good choice. Now we'll hear from Terry a little bit later on about how uh, they send letters out to everyone who's been uh, there previously. What yep. about those who haven't been to 
for a screening and that sort of thing with 500 people there must be a lot more and now what is the age group though michelle because there is an age group too yeah so there's a couple of um there's a couple of different um things about the screening so anyone um anyone over the age of like between 50 and 74 gets an invitation which um terry will explain a little bit later about that but um, what um, so that that means it's a it's a demographic where they've found that 50% of women who are diagnosed with breast cancer fall into that demographic, which is why the screening programs targeted to to that demographic. It's the same like um, about the bowel screening program is quite similar in that respect. However, um, we do know that 25% of women below the age of 50 and 25% of women above the age of 74 are also diagnosed with breast cancers. So the women between 40 and 50 um, and also women over 74 can actually ring up and book in for a breast screening still for free every two years but it's more it's more the um, aim of getting um, of getting the women between that 50 and 74 age group some of that some of those 500 women who've um, who've booked in so far they will be um, under or over the age of 40 which is great and also over the age of, um, of 74. And, uh, and a lot of the ones under under 50 will be first timers. I've done a lot of um, a lot of media push to try and encourage um, encourage people of, of all of those demographics to um, to book in. With COVID, with COVID last year, um, we saw over 30, a 30% plus drop in breast screening because not only did breast screen have to close for a period of time because of um, the lockdowns and, and restrictions, um, they also have had to change the way that they screen. So with distancing and all that sort of thing and um, making time in between each booking. And, uh, and also that group of women who were too afraid to go down and get their screening done or put it off because of COVID um, and, uh, and just have, wanting to stay sort of very localised rather than going to, um, going to Geelong and putting themselves at risk, not at, even just at, at the breast screen clinic, but also in Geelong as a whole. So um, that that's why that's another reason why it's so important for people to uh, to get their screening done. Those those who miss out on coal at this time, they can still go and have theirs done in Geelong. That's not a problem. But um, it's just trying to maximise the amount of women who have it done here in Colac, so that we can continue um, continue to provide that service. Which um, yeah, I'm very very passionate about. Well, your passion has extended to the point where the van is now there and it'll be there on a cyclical basis. I know that people can also go down to Warrnambool. Uh, I know it's further, but Warrnambool's got, I think it's two, two and a half times the population, but Colac's growing. Is it growing to the point where there might be justification for the clinic or an availability of clinic there permanently? 
Uh, I don't, yeah, no, it won't be. Um, the infrastructure that's needed to, um, to house a breast clinic um, or even even the bus is quite extensive. So um, it's um, I mean even things like um, even things like reception, like tele telephone reception, um, internet, all that sort of stuff. I mean all that needs to all those, all that infrastructure needs to be there as well. Mm. And um, we haven't got the demographic to support something like something like the bus or a clinic here um, on an ongoing basis. But the fact that we're getting the van here every couple of years is just fantastic. And that means that the van can go around the rest of Victoria as well. I mean, they, they go up into the Mallee, they go into um, other areas that don't that don't have access or as as um, easy access to um, to rural areas as well, like to um, to breast screening as well. So there's two vans that go all over the all over the state. I think the other one's Nola. I'm not sure. What's the other one called? Nola or Nora? I can't remember. It doesn't matter. Oh, listen, I can't remember. I too. can't remember. <laughs> Marjorie. Its main one is Marjorie is is there in Colnick and there for another couple of weeks or a few weeks. With, yeah. with people who do get a note to say, look, we may have found something, what involvement does Colac Area Health then have with that, Michelle? So what, what happens then is if um, if the if the women are contacted for a, um, a a recall, so where they where they need to go back and and um, and get have a little bit more um, of a diagnostic um, imaging. Uh, they um, they go um, they go back to breast screen and um, potentially have um, a biopsy if um, if the if the radiologist thinks that that's what needs to be done as well uh, and then um, and then from there um, from from those results um, those results are sent back to their GP but also um, from that. That's where some of my referrals come from, either through the GP or from the breast clinic or from um, the surgeons themselves. So uh, then my then my role then is to support them here from a local level. So that's um yeah that's where that's where my position here in Colac sort of does it supports yeah it supports some um, women and men and their families at a um, at a more local level. And you also, we, um, we made mention to Terry when we have our chat that will be here, heard shortly, made mention about men um, and uh, also trans people, that uh, everyone's welcome. And you want to make sure you get everyone coming along, don't you, who is eligible? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And, uh, and if... And if, um, if people do have any concerns, then... Um, then they're only a phone call away or you can send an email um, or an in inquiry on their website or whatever just to discuss it further. So when when um, people, if they do want to have a bit more of a talk about it, they, they can ring up and book in or call me at the hospital at least for another six weeks anyway. Mm -hmm. um, I'm going on long service leave for 12 months um, at the um, in the middle of March 
so I'll um but I have got someone who's um who's going to take over that period of time you're going to have to introduce them to us please Michelle because we'll be wanting to talk about pink up colic again September October again yeah, I will. I will. I'll you let will. Jess know. <laughs> That'd be good. You've only just come back from a week off and you're on long service leave, but you really deserve it because you're also, uh, you're not just working as a breast care nurse, you're also helping out with the COVID clinic. Yeah, I'm. Um, well, when we, um, I'm also an immunisation nurse, so I'll have a bit to do with um, the COVID vaccinations coming up as well. But um, yeah, that's a completely different, different topic anyway. But um, yeah, so it's going to be, it's going to be, um, yeah, a really, a really good time to to travel around Australia and uh, and work in some remote communities and that sort of thing. That's uh, yeah, that's the plan for for the twelve months. So it sounds very exciting, Michelle. <laughs> yeah, well, we're actually meant to be around right now, but of course, COVID stopped us from going last year with the border closures. So, yeah, so this okay. time it's um yeah planned well, to do it. Well, Can I come? Hope, um, <laughs> <laughs> let's hope all the borders do stay open and that we we do get um, on top of this thing because it seems mm. to sneak back in little ways and whatever else. But you, with you working at the clinic, when is the clinic open? Just to let our people uh, know, please, Michelle. The so the COVID, COVID clinic. clinic. Yeah. Yep. Um, it's open Monday, Wednesday, Friday from 9 till 12.30. So people just need to call. It can get a little bit busy in the first thing in, in the morning when people are trying to call um, the, um, the admin staff. I mean, it's a bit of a process when people do call in. We need to take all their details and take their medical care card numbers and all that sort of stuff and all, all of that, um, all their information to make sure, their mobile number to make sure that they get the results sent to the right number. So, um, yeah, so it's um, the information that we gather is quite necessary so that the right person gets the right results. And, uh, and I know people might get a little bit frustrated when they can't get through, but it's because someone else is already giving their results to the admin person. We don't stop for that few hours at all. So um, if in the event that we need to escalate days and, and, in, and increase the amount of days that it, it runs, depending on, on what's happening in, uh, yeah, in the state, then the, then the days get stepped up again, like they did over um, in, at some points in December and New Year, New Year's, um, around New Year's Eve, New Year's Day over that period of time as well. But, um, yeah, it's the Monday, Wednesday, Friday at, at this point in time is, um, yeah, is enough. Okay, well, the number you're in there is 1800. 512-424 and you ring that number while or during those hours 9am to 12.30pm because it is only it is only manned or personed or whatever you call it to be politically Yeah, correct. so um, at the um, with the 12.30 they need to call they need to call um, and be at the clinic before 12.30 because that's that's what time we shut we don't take a last call at 12.30 okay, and then so. wait so you ring well before 12.30 on that number, 1-800-512-424. So ring between 9 and 12, I'd say, eh? 
Yeah, I would, yeah. Okay, and that's on at the Blue Room, and uh, so that's easy to get to on Connor Street. Now, whereabouts is the van, the pink van, which is now up and running and busy? Yeah, so the, um, the pink van is out at, uh, at the City Bowls Club at Central Reserve. It's just parked out um, out the back there behind, um, behind the Central um, Reserve footy ground. And there's plenty of parking out there as well. And, um, yeah, and it's here until the 19th of March. So they are still taking bookings and you just need to call the 132050 number to um, ring up and book in or book in online and uh, through Breast Green Victoria. Yep, so Breast Green Victoria is breastgreen.org.au. Yeah, that's right. Okay, so look, um, I hope the borders do stay open for you for your, your 12 months away, Michelle. It sounds absolutely fabulous, as we've said. Uh, we'll, we'll be sneaking across the border somehow. So. But I know you being an immunologist and Lord only knows what else you are, you'll be safe wherever you go. So, yeah, look after yourselves. And uh, yeah, as I say, introduce us to your standard before you go, please. And we look yes, I will. To- we look forward to seeing you again and chatting with you, hopefully in the studio. Yeah, when you get back at some stage. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> Mind you, the Zoom sessions have been fantastic as well. It's, um, yeah, it's, it's actually been a really good platform for a lot of people to have their meetings and connections and everything like that. So I do hope that it continues as well. It's been better for us, hasn't it, Edwin? I think it's been wonderful to be able to continue for radio in this manner has been really great. Mm. Yeah, 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 yeah I agree. Well, All right, no worries. Thank you for your time. And look, we talked about you picking out a track, but I ended up picking one out, and I don't know why it came to me, but we're going to play or put a track on now. There's Harry Chapin, I think his name is. And, uh, yeah, and we'll dedicate it to you, Michelle, and thank you very much. Yeah, thank you. Well, look, you've been oh. with Weiner and Greg. We've been talking with the McGrath breast screen nurse who works out of the oh, Colac Area Health, and they're some of our favourite people. I thank Catherine for helping get you involved with us again today. And Michelle, Michelle Hamblin, all the best for your, your long service leave, and thanks once again. We'll talk to you when we get back. When you get back. Yes, you will. All right. Thank you very much. All right, mate. Thanks very much. Cheers, Michelle. Bye. This is Community Connect with Edwina and Greg McHenry, and we'll be back with you shortly. Yes, you are on OCR FM 98.3 here in Colac and 88.7 FM along the coast. Of course, that was Harry Chapin and Cats in the Cradle, and that was something that was, uh, well, democratically chosen by me, I think, (laughs) after consultation with our guest from Colac Area Health being breast care nurse, the wonderful Michelle Hamblin, who is uh, now going off on long service leave, and we uh, thank her very much for her input. It was a great little yarn there, Eddie. It was, and I'm very grateful to Michelle for coming on board with us. And also, well, what, about the, um, yeah, what about the fact that she was able to get the, the van to come down to Colac and, um, and that it is so well booked out, but yeah, we want people to still go out there if you haven't been screened. Do what you're supposed to do, and that is give that number a call, 132050, or will I say 132050, as the phone number to call to get a, a breast screen booked in, or you can go to breastscreen.org.au and book in via, well, via the Void Wide Web. 
now we're going to be playing the chat we had with Terry Smith from Breast Green Australia, or Breast Green Victoria actually, wasn't it Ed? We'll play that now and um, see what she's got to add on. And just a reminder that the, the Breast Green van will be at the City Bowls Club up until 19th of March and it's open from 8am till 5.40pm on weekdays. So you get along there but make your booking first. And, uh, yeah, we'll go out with another track after. So enjoy listening to Terry. Cheers. Cheers, everyone. And so with the Breast Green band being here in Colac, we're going to be talking today with the CEO of Breast Green, Vic Terry Smith. Hello, Terry, how are you? Yeah, I'm really, really well. Really happy to be here. Thank you. And now the, the van, it's going to be here for a short while. Yeah, it was our, our lovely van, Marjorie, we, we call the breast screen van that gets gets around Victoria and some of, some of you remember that the van was last there two years ago and there's a really good reason for that, that, that breast screening is something that should be undertaken every two years. So we make sure that we swing back into, into Colac every, every two years so that we can keep that really important cycle going. And why is she called Marjorie? Do you know, that is such a great question and I have no idea. We have two vans. One of them's called Nina and one of them's called Marjorie. I, I guess they were names that, that we, uh, we, we thought made them sound approachable and friendly. We're really committed at Breast Screen Victoria to making sure that people feel like they can connect with our, with our service. And we know that we really understand that a lot of people are a bit anxious about, about the idea of having a breast screen. So it's, it's really about just making sure we seem uh, we don't just seem friendly, we really are friendly. <laughs> yeah. you know, one of the things, and I, it's early to bring it in, but you're that friendly. I noticed in your um, screed on the website, which we'll give out shortly as well, that you're also uh, friendly towards trans and um, people of other sexuality as well. So I thought that was really brilliant that that's uh, included in the, in the documentation or in your screed. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, look, that's that's so great that you you picked that up. Um, yeah. As I said, we we want to be we want to welcome every single person into our program who can benefit from that program. And you'll hear I just said person because traditionally, you know, we talked about this program for women uh, between fifty and seventy four, and certainly that's that's our core our core target group. But to get into a conversation, I didn't think I'd be having funnily enough on Monday. I'll be talking to Joy Radio, which is a, a local local LGBTI. Uh, radio programs so I, I literally have the notes for that on my desk too so oh. uh, you, you've managed to read my mind I think that's <laughs> but, fabulous yeah yeah it, it is important we know that there are some trans men who who still uh, will have significant breast tissue and therefore will benefit from breast screening so I started to say there really our, our age group is our specific target group is 50 to 74 year olds so that's the group that we're really encouraging to come along and so any any of your listeners who who did screen with us a couple of years ago will have received a letter from us to let them know that we're we're, we're keen for them to book in again there's also a group who um, might not have screened before uh, because we're very privileged and and we uh, take this privilege very seriously but we access the Victorian Electoral Commission um, data because this is such an important program we're allowed to access that program within with lots of rules around how we use that data but so we're also able to go out to to people who've turned 50 uh, recently um, who are on the electoral roll and invite them into the program for the first time 
so it's 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 a it is such an important program, and the reason it's important. Firstly, you know, I, th I think probably pretty much everyone's aware that breast screeners are very common. Uh, breast cancer is a very common cancer in our community. So we know that over, over a lifetime, one in seven women will actually um, be diagnosed with, with breast cancer. So that's very common. The good news about that is that we now have terrific treatment for breast cancer. So while we have a high incidence of um, diagnosis, we, we know that we're actually um, able to reduce the impact of that treatment. And, and in fact, most women go on and live long, healthy lives with um, having had the breast cancer treatment. So where we fit in with breast screen, our key job is to diagnose that breast cancer as early as possible. So we can, with our mammogram screen, that, um, that that's what's in, in Marjorie, there's a, a, a fantastic state-of-the-art mammography machine uh, and terrific staff, they're so friendly, the staff, uh, then they really understand this is what they do all day, every day. Their mission is to make this the best possible experience. And I'm not going to pretend it's not a little bit uncomfortable because it is a little bit uncomfortable. Uh, it's a bit squishy. That's 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 what's required. Uh, there literally is a process of um, uh, where, where our, our uh, staff, they're all women, the staff in our in our vans. Uh, so our staff are going to actually go through a process with with each and every client of helping them feel comfortable to to literally have have their breast placed on this screen. And there's a small press from the uh from the the pad above above it but in its great favor it's really quick so um you'll be in and out of your appointment uh with all the with the conversation that's needed in about in about 10 minutes so through that process we're able to find something that's about the size of a grain of rice so sometimes people wait and don't have the screening and we might find a lump in a breast or sometimes a lump can even occur between that two years screening that's not so common but it can it can happen so two two messages here getting the breast screen is absolutely crucial it really is something that can literally be life-saving so it's a good thing to just fit in it's only every two years so it's a, it's a good thing to fit into your general health practice but I also want to say um, it's really important for, for, for every woman to be really familiar with their breasts because knowing that there's a symptom, uh, if, if you feel a change, if you see a change, and that change could be that you feel a lump in your breast, and that might be a really small lump or it might just feel a bit odd. A lump doesn't mean that it's breast cancer because some of us have more lumpy breasts than others, and that's why we need to be quite familiar uh, with our own breasts because really we're the best person to know if there's a change. So if you feel a change or if you see a change, change it could be I talked about a lump but it could be something like um, a, a discharge from your nipple or it could be like a coloring on your skin that's um, you know sort of red and aggravated so if it's a change that's when you pop into your doctor that's really important you don't wait two years for the van so the screening program actually isn't designed for people with symptoms it's a general population program and we're so lucky in Australia to have this program. It's a really comprehensive program. We provide that service in Victoria, but it's also provided in all the other states and territories. So if you've got family in other in other states, you can help us keep keep sharing this really important message. Well, we will be. Well, we will be. Now with the breast now, with cancer the breast risk, risk, um, people who are more people susceptible who are more to cancer who have got it in the family or whatever else, are they eligible to come to see you before the age of 54 or how does that work? Yeah. Yeah, look, 
it's an interesting program because at the moment, because we've had COVID-19, what's happened is we've had to just put some more restrictions around our, our program, but certainly people with a strong family history, um, uh, some of those, those people come into the program from 40. Um, other people can come into the program from 40, but unfortunately we need to waitlist that group at the moment. We've never been in this situation before. We, we lost, unfortunately, 90,000 screening appointments due to, due to COVID. So we've, we've just had to make the decisions to say, how can we best focus this program to get the best value? I'm going to come back to family history because it's a really, really interesting discussion in breast cancer. And if you go back and remember, I said that one in seven women will be diagnosed with breast cancer. The chances are that in your family <laughs> somewhere, uh, you, if there's seven women in your family, then maybe one in one of those might be diagnosed with breast cancer. So it's easy to confuse family history with the reality that it's a really common uh, illness in our community. So family history is a little bit more complex than someone in my family, my mom or my sister had breast cancer. It's, it, it needs a little bit more exploration than that. And there are some really good online sites where you can get some more information about that or a conversation with your doctor can also help you understand family history. And there are some, there are some uh, people who have very, very strong family histories and they, um, they, they will have a really active monitoring process and should definitely be talking with their, with their doctor about, about that. Well, with the, the family side of it then, uh, and the statistically, well, maybe that it's just bad luck or not bad luck, but that you've got your cancer. Um, so we don't really need to worry about it familiarly if that's the word, but what about, yeah. how do we how do we go about reducing the risk and that sort of thing, Kerry? You know, this is where there'll be a collective sigh out in the community. The only things we know about reducing risk, um, and it applies to nearly every key health issue in our community. Look, we know that a good diet is is really important, a balanced, a balanced diet. We know that exercise is important and we know that we should limit alcohol intake. There's the collective side. We don't have any other. There's there's nothing. There's um there's nothing we can we've discovered yet that that helps us actively reduce the risk. Of course, um, we can watch out for the symptoms that I talked about to get in early, and we can also make sure that that's that's why we're here providing the screening program to make sure the best thing we can do at the moment is get in early because uh, it kind of makes sense if you think about it if it's a small grain of rice and people I think we've all been exposed in some way to someone who's experienced a cancer of some sort so usually the first step is a bit of surgery so if that surgery is for a really small breast cancer that's going to be less invasive than for a large breast cancer so that's 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 the logic behind let's 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 get in early and um, so the Pro progress we've made in treating breast cancer is really where the, where the, the work's been done and that's that's why we're in such a great position now we know that that breast cancer of itself uh while it seems like it's the same thing there's actually lots of different types of breast cancer so the the uh the hormone receptors are one, one of the examples so they can test and they can and therefore now what we're able to do is really modify the treatment path 
So we know that different sorts of treatments work for different sorts of breast cancers. So I can't give you much good news in prevention, but we can give you good news in treatment. Once where a person has been in there now, Kerry, and they've, you've found that they do have a lump or a, whether it be a, a rice grain size or whatever, in Colac and District here now, what do you do? Where do we go? Yeah. So what? there's a really important step just a little bit before that so that we bring through a large number, large number of people will screen every day. And so our uh, radiologists will review every one of those screens and every one of those screens is reviewed by two radiologists, not just one, but two radiologists, just to be sure. Uh, and what we, what we identify from that group is we'll identify some people that we're concerned about what we're seeing on the screen, but that doesn't necessarily mean it's a breast cancer. So at that stage, we would we would come back to someone who's screened, and they'd actually be invited to um, our Geelong clinic to for the next level of exploration. But as I said, I really want to reiterate that doesn't mean that they've necessarily got breast cancer. It means that we need to do some further checking. So that next that next appointment would be at Geelong. And um, at that time, at that appointment, that we would be able to identify whether, in fact, it was just something that was okay and we would um, say, we'll, we'll be looking forward to seeing you again in two years' time. Or, or at that point, we may well be having, having, you know, that pretty tough conversation that says what we've been able to do is identify that, um, that, you, do, that you do have breast cancer. And at that point, we will talk about, well, what's the treatment path from here? So um, where people choose to have their treatment from that point, um, it's, it's up to them, but we're going to help them with that, with, with where they need to go go next. You know, some people have a reason why they might prefer to come to Melbourne for treatment. Some people are really comfortable in Geelong. Some might want to go public. Some might want to go private. So those decisions need to be made at, at that stage. But as I said, our, our staff are going to help help with that, with that discussion at that point. All right. Well, the staff can't help unless you go and get the screening done. So how do we go about that here in Collect and Terry? Okay, so, um, you know, if, if you're in town, pop, pop in. We're, we're at the City Bowls Club. You can pop in and talk to talk to our staff in the van. Um, and they can, you know, that might be to actually book your appointment or it might be that they, you've got some questions you'd like to, you might like to check them out, see if they're really as nice as I said they are, and I promise they are. But you can pop in and ask a question or make your appointment. But equally, you can call uh, 13 20 50 and make an appointment there. Let them know when you call that you're, you're wanting to, to screen at the mobile van in Colac and they'll be happy to, to book you an appointment. Uh, we've extended our stay in Colac this year because um, your community's come out really well to make sure they're screened. So we were there for four weeks last year, but we're there for eight weeks this year just to make sure that we've got plenty of appointments available for you. So at this stage, you'll probably find they're booking you into the last couple of weeks, uh, which is uh, probably a few weeks away at this stage. But you can also go online. If you're comfortable booking online, if you go to breastscreen.org.au. Okay, that's fabulous. And 10 minutes is about all it'll take and it can save your yeah. life and a lot of grief for you and the family. I think Absolutely. It's a good investment. I think the worst part's the anxiety before, but the people are so friendly. And that's, that's a voice of experience. That's a voice yep, of experience, yep. Terry. Yeah, it's a it's a good thing to commit to doing, isn't it? It's, it is. It's yeah. It's not. It's really. It isn't. I mean, I, I absolutely understand that. Um, 
Yeah, often often at the hardest thing is actually making the appointment. Um, it, yeah, it's important to know that the vast majority of people who make that appointment, there won't be any problem at all identified. So, but it's still a good investment to to be there, and that way you can feel safe and secure. And That's a lot fabulous. of people survive cancer. Oh, absolutely. These days, particularly in breast cancer, we've had such great. Great advances, um, yeah. So it's it, it, it's really worth doing. I, I but I absolutely appreciate that it's that it's scary. Talk talk to your friends. So talk to the staff in the van and um, and try and be brave and make that step. Good on you, Terry. Right. Thanks Thank very you. much, Terry. We've been talking with Terry Smith, who's the CEO of Breast Screen Vic, and yeah, get along to the City Bowls Club area on Central Reserve. We'll ring up that number 13, 20, 50 and get in there for your breast screen. So sounds great. All right. Thanks again, Terry. All the best. That's a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you, Terry. Well, that was Terry Smith, the CEO of Breast Screen Vic. And um, what a great little chat it was. And uh, we're now going to put on a track. And it's by a, a young girl by the name of Capri. And she's a 12-year-old. And if you haven't listened to the words by the sound of it, it's written about her mum and it's a, uh, well, it's a bit of a ballad. It's a great little story and uh, I think you'll find that you'll enjoy it. It's all about hope and, uh, yeah, we will be back with you again next week. It's been Ed Weiner and Greg here on OCRFM, 98.3 in Colac and 88.7 FM along the coast. We've also been streaming live at all at wsocrfm.org.au. So we'll talk again next week. Do you want to say goodbye, Eddie? Cheers, everyone. Cheers. Thanks for listening to this OCRFM podcast. Head to ocrfm.org.au to find more great content and information about how to donate and support this community radio station.